I would have broken it and said, hey, Maxim, look what I did. <laughs> That's how you take care of a new house. That's how you establish dominance. <laughs> Welcome to the Books and Bumrolls podcast. I'm Paulette. I'm Juliette. Oh, Lord. All right, let us start. The shit show. The shit show, indeed. Rebecca, 2020. What the fuck, people? <laughs> Thank you. Really, it's too bad we can't record an eye roll because that would, yeah, exactly. that would be our episode. Uh-huh. I think my eyes hurt a bit. The eye rolling constant. Oh, that was rage-inducing. I hated it so much. I'm angry. I can hear it. <laughs> I'm slightly worried for my safety right now. So whoever is listening, know if something happens. If I disappear after this episode. You know who's, who should be worried? Uh -huh. The mouse who misses the winter. That's who should be worried. Oh yeah, don't go get her, please. The yeah. shoulder. Let's call her shoulders. Yeah, the shoulders. Hunchback. The hunchback. Oh, <laughs> she was so hunched. Yeah. I suppose she was trying to look mousy. Uh, yeah. I thought it's not just her, the two of them. The two yeah. of them. Actors uh, that played uh, Mr. and Mrs. De Winter, second Mrs. De Winter, I think they were not up to the task. It's just not it. I mean, the, the movie is bad. It's just plain bad. Yeah. It's not just their fault. But you see, when there is a great actor like uh, Christine Scott Thomas, who played Mrs. Danvers, oh, yeah. that's a great actress. Yeah. And even badly directed, probably, because everyone was bad. It's not just... Mm. She was still... She had moments of greatness, don't you think? I didn't like her that much either. Mrs. Danvers? You didn't yeah. like Mrs. Danvers? Uh, no, I didn't like how they portrayed her No, all. no, I don't like... I'm but just that's... talking about the acting. Like, for me... She... No, the acting, acting was great, yeah. Let's say um, the others, all of them except Mrs. Uh, Van Hopper. Yeah. I would say, yeah, all of them. Oh, I did like Beatrice. She was okay. Yeah, but she was, uh, like, in and out. Too she fast. was not there. Not at all. I didn't even like Frank. Not even Frank. Not even Frank. And Frank would have been, should have been very easy. And remember, now we're going through, like, secondary characters. Oh, This yeah. is how bad it was. This is poor. Yeah, because the principles were so bad. I mean, bland. I know the second Mrs. De Winters is supposed to be bland. But this one is just... Because in the book, she has. She has her own contradictions. She has her own thoughts. And the great and, imagination. But, I, you know, it's hard to get that. Yeah, you understand. Like her thoughts and her <laughs> daydreaming. Because that that's what, what made her really special to me. Yeah. You know, because she did have some wit. It's just that she didn't express it. Yeah, you understand that she's not just an innocent, an idiot, a simpleton. But here, it's not... If... If they had done the simpleton and the idiot and the <laughs> the scared kitten, it would have been kind of conform in conformity with the book. But here they did like like sometimes she she looks for confrontation, which is in, in contradiction with the character. Mm. You know when she goes to confront Mrs. Danvers during the dinner of the servants, which she. We watch Downton Abbey, you never do. You never do that, oh my lord, you don't interrupt. You don't even go to the kitchens. You don't even go there. But okay, she doesn't know the rules. Yeah. She goes there. But she confronts her in front of everyone. As far as we know, from the character, she wouldn't even confront her alone. Exactly, she was so scared of her fragile position that doing something like that is so out of character and so badly made. Yeah. That moment, yeah. why not uh, Why not call her up to you if you want to portray someone who's really confrontational? That's not the mousey Mrs. De Winter. She would have called her up in her drawing room, in her superior from her superior position, and called her out. Not like this. 
and especially not because she called her out about Mr. Favell after she had been grinding and riding with him, riding and grinding. <laughs> riding, grinding, filling him up, maybe. And he totally put his hand like on her thighs many times. Close to the fanny. Very close to the fanny. Yeah, yeah. He kind of went there and she yeah. laughed. Now I get it. Like... No, I, she did have some nervous laughter. I don't know what to do think about her at that moment, which I understand. If Maybe. She's, yeah. If you're innocent and young and you don't know yeah. how to say, like, take your fucking hands yeah, off. out of my fanny. <laughs> out of my fanny. <laughs> <laughs> my fanny is not open for business today. Yeah, it is married. <laughs> no, uh, it was... It was just enraging because so many things just didn't fit and they didn't even try. Actually, the main thing I loved about the book, it's the atmosphere of oppression you feel from the presence of Rebecca. Thank you. And in this, Thank you. it was completely absent. The book has no merit. Really, has yeah. no merit if you take this out. Here, they missed it completely. It's kind of, it became kind of a sort of a cheap detective story. Okay, let's start her from the back. We're getting lost. Start from the beginning. Yeah, from the mean. beginning, from the back, I said. You always start from the back. <laughs> what, what's that supposed to mean? I don't know. Why does it sound dirty to my mind? Like, <laughs> because your mind is dirty. <laughs> it is. I can't even deny it. Like, look at my posts. You do have dirty stuff there. I don't. They're perfectly decent. Excuse you. I'm um, from the beginning, so they meet uh, in Monte Carlo. And here, the scenery is beautiful. I mean... Uh, yeah, by the way, I asked you if that was really Monte Carlo. I don't know. I suppose it was. It was gorgeous. had something like in between Mediterranean and uh, Mexican, sort of. I don't know why. I didn't have. I didn't get any Mexican feel. I don't know what I you're don't talking know, maybe about. Maybe it was the cacti. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was beautiful. Mrs. Van Hopper was good. I liked her. Because I really, really love that actress. She's amazing. Yeah, she uh, I can't remember her name, but she's auntie from... Uh, <laughs> She, is she auntie? Which auntie? I don't know. What do they call her in uh, The Handmaid's Tale? Oh, Aunt Lydia. Aunt Lydia, auntie. Aunt Lydia. <laughs> no, Aunt Lydia is not an auntie. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> She'll whoop your ass with her taser. Oh, uh, you know, that's an actress with a range. Oh, yeah. That's why. That's what I didn't like. I never liked... You know, I told you with the actress that played the, the mousy Mrs. De Winter. You uh, know, you didn't like her from... What's uh, her name? Lily, Lily James. Lily James, yeah. You didn't like her from Downton Abbey already. I think she doesn't have a big range. I think she has just... Like, she she sticks to one thing. Here, the whole movie, yeah. she was one thing. What did I see her? I saw her in Cinderella, of all things. You saw Cinderella? I did see Cinderella. With the girls, with the girls. What the hell? Don't judge me. Okay. Yeah, so talking about uh, Prince Charming, what did you think of this Maxim? <laughs> okay. He's too young. I, I didn't like it. I, I can't just... wait for Charles Dance. Who? Charles Dance. The Italian Not Lawrence... But... Not Laurence Olivier. I you know really about have... your crush. I cannot share it. I'm sorry. You really have issues, don't you? I no, don't. you do understand the mousy Mrs. De Winter because you understand like her uh, <laughs> crush for an older, much older man. Dare say to me what? that Tywin Lannister, you wouldn't just flop on your back for Tywin Lannister. <laughs> flop on my back, on my belly, my side. No, I don't care. We are in complete agreement. Thank you. Thank you. It's ex he's exceptional. It's just him. <laughs> Let's just close that subject. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I thought it was just so ordinary. It was just s sloppy romance. 
I mean, idiotic. Yeah, yeah. Kind of teenage Kind of teenage They try to slap a happy ending. Because at the end, in the book, we don't know. We know nothing. Exactly. We don't know where they are, what they're doing. Are you they know drifting? what? We're not even sure it's Maxim. Exactly. She could be with Frank. <laughs> there are some theories that say she might be with Frank. I think it's Maxim, but... Uh, I think so, too. But it doesn't matter. Like, it, it doesn't, doesn't have matter. to exactly. end in that way. In Mrs. Danvers dying for her crimes and... Mm. Uh, and then there's... being so happy in warm Cairo. Yeah, and uh, she now she is a strong woman. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. now a limp she... dick like Maxim <laughs> <laughs> would not accept a strong, would not love a strong woman. Are we? Do we agree on that? No. Right. I don't. I don't know. You don't think Maxim is a limp dick? Oh my lord! You know what? I'm nearly. Be- I'm begging for a book that you will prove the male lead. Where you prove the male lead? No, I have I no can't... problem. It's just here. Are you sure? It's obvious. You know, he's looking for a childish woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I told you last time in the book, he went from one archetype of woman to another. Thank you. From so... the uh, whore to the Madonna. Exactly. Yeah, but that's an archetype. That's a stupid stereotype. What's Madonna? Uh, what's not a Madonna is necessarily the whore. Or whatever. Yeah, but that's from the book. That's yeah, how that, it was. The, Rebecca the was a whore. Was, uh, Rebecca, I hate Rebecca, especially actually the horror scene. It's the this is the thing that set my opinion on Rebecca forever. She's an, a psycho. She's crazy. She's a, she's a terrible person. I don't care what she did or didn't do. Uh, me, me too. If uh, if if they didn't, and I like that they kept it in this movie. Because yep. as far as I remember, it's not in the Hitchcock movie. We'll oh, know maybe. next week. We'll know. Uh, we'll know for sure next week. Yeah, I completely. I had the same feeling. For me, it set my opinion on her. It was yeah. obvious. Yeah, she's a psycho, and I I could almost forgive the sleeping with the cousin. Yeah, <laughs> almost. For the <laughs> exactly. I nearly don't even care what she did or didn't do. If Maxim's version was right or wrong, this is the thing that I cannot forgive. This sort of cruelty you know doesn't come from sane mind. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, completely. Exactly. Oh, you... let's talk about the pants. <laughs> oh, thank you. So, okay. So, here we are in Monte Carlo. They meet. Mrs. Van Hopper vomits all over herself and gets sick. <laughs> but she's very alert for someone who's sick. Oh, she, oh, oh, she yeah. can hear you coming <laughs> and going. <laughs> she gets sick, so uh, the mousy Mrs. De Winter can uh, go out with uh, yeah. Maxim. And they go during, let's say, a week. They do say it was a marvelous yeah. week and something like that. And she cha- she has a beautiful wardrobe, which is... It was be, ridiculous, yeah. Couldn't be, right? Although I did lust after it. It was beautiful. I know. Those... I loved everything. I know. The, the blouse, the little flower blouse, was just the cutest thing. While she was changing every day, what was Maxim, <laughs> the rich... The rich, yeah, Lord. the wealthy. It's not even rich. We're we're here. We're talking about wealthy. Oh yeah, wealthy. Maxim de Winter. What was he wearing? He was wearing the fame, the fame. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, they're famous now. The same fucking mustard pants suit. suit at first, and then when I was very happy, when let's say the scene was the. I don't know how to say the camera just so helpful him yeah. and we didn't see the mustard vest. I was happy. Oh man, finally he fucking changed. And then bam, the pants appear. And then he even went to swim in them. Yeah. All oh week. lord. All week long, same pants. Max he in the winter. Not, he loves it. So now we know. Mm-hmm. So you heard it from us first. <laughs> Max in the winter. Well, you know, keeping up in the state like Manderley takes up a lot of money. You cannot buy For sure. more than one exactly. pair of pants. Yeah, it's a hard life. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was I was disgusted by that. Uh, I think they try to make Maxim more palatable. Again, we're going back to Pride and Prejudice two thousand five. They may try to make things more palatable to a modern yeah. audience, 
which we don't need this. We understand. He was very patronizing to her, the real Maxim de Winter. Mm. And he was hateful. He treated her like, the, like a child, like a handicapped thing. Like, I don't know what was wrong with her because of her being a woman, that's all. And he was her superior. I mean, not just her superior being a man, but also being of a superior class. So all of that made her treat her in a very... Yeah, he was condescending. Condescending, oh, go fetch the... Oh, c come on, we're going. It was not like, uh, you know, inviting someone gracefully and taking their opinion. We don't do that. No, they wouldn't. And it was the 30s. And all right. You don't need to make him romantic and caring. Exactly. He was caring. He was, he was very affectionate. Up until going to Manderley, he was still affectionate. Yeah. I don't remember what we said about it last episode. Well, I, I hated him because of that attitude. Yeah. But I think it is an attitude according to the times. According to someone... You said, like, someone from his uh, aristocratic yeah. background. And he would never... And, of course, he almost married a maid. I mean, she was behaving like a maid. She was not a yeah. maid. But in status, she was almost that. Absolutely. So it was... Almost an act of charity marrying her, <laughs> and, and I think that makes for for a horrible romantic hero. It does because it's not a romance. Thank Daphne you. du Maurier wrote it, said it. This is not a goddamn gothic romance. This is a study of jealousy. This is a story between uh, new Mrs. Mousy Mrs. De Winter and Rebecca. This is a story about how even a dead person can really dominate you and be and have such a presence in your life that it, they make you jealous against all rationality. You feel them and you feel oppressed by them. And here, nada, nothing no. of that. And no. I was so dis I was waiting for it. I was really waiting for the silly Monte Carlo thingy to end. So we could go go to Manderley yeah. and start feeling the the presence of Rebecca. I was disappointed. Uh, they didn't switch the atmosphere. Almost. Thank you. Because oh. you should feel going back to Manderley that would be more somber, more. Yeah. You know, it would be yeah, heavy. Yeah, yeah. It would be. Uh, you would feel everything, as you say, you know, Manderley and also Rebecca's presence and everyone reminded her. They did a bit of that. Mm. Everyone reminded her of Rebecca, but not much. At they didn't think... do much of the lurking. Of her oh, yeah. around, hiding behind doors. Hiding and being all... Uh... She had moments of um, sort of brusque aggression and uh, confrontation, as you said. Yep. And then it disappears, and then it comes back, and then she cries and she grovels on the floor. And you don't really understand what is it exactly. Because they miss the... Emo uh, they try to make Maxim de Winter a romantic character. And that's why, because... The mousy Mrs. De Winter, her whole problem was she didn't get the legitimacy from him. She, yeah. uh, that's my theory, because I think it's logical, you know, she would get it from him. He's the only one that could give her the keys to Manderley. It's his. It's his. It's not hers. Here we don't quite agree. I don't absolutely disagree with, disagree with you. But there are, I think it's still really principally about Rebecca. She couldn't be free, no matter what Maxim said. He could have groveled on his knees and declared her the love of his life, but it would have been still Rebecca, the presence of Rebecca. Yeah, but she needed him not to love Rebecca. It's not in only him, that's the problem. It's the servant, it's the but staff, so, it's but, the neighbor, but they it's would, the sister. They would all follow his lead, and they would actually all follow her lead if she took her, something, if he gave yeah, her a hint that it was alright. He never did. But the problem is you, he couldn't have given her anything without telling her the whole truth, that she was monstrous. I think just being affectionate as he was in this movie would have oh. made her freer and more... Because, again, put so. it back in that context of the time. 
Yeah. Let's say, just imagine yourself kind of being plucked out of poverty yeah. and and you're nothing, you're no one, and someone gives you everything. <laughs> oh, am I making your dream? <laughs> is this nice to you? This is horrible, actually. Oh, in everything. Oh, in everything this is what we talked about. Like the oh, uh, I think even Daphne du Maurier mentioned it. Why am I saying du Maurier? We were saying du Maurier in the last episode. You decided, but uh, I think uh, both of them are yeah, correct. Yeah, but... <laughs> um, she, she said it too, the inequality, it's a power play. The inequalities in marriage, when someone brings everything and one brings nothing. And we're not even necessarily talking about well, material wealth, even though that, that's nice too, like in modern setting, I think you should bring something of your own. Don't Don't come barehanded like a beggar. <laughs> but it doesn't but, even mean uh, meaning I, I think I just I think if it happens and you are poor and you marry rich I think if you still have you can bring something to the table absolutely uh, yeah even if it's your values you know you can't be valued for valued for something your Rebecca was a horrible partner, person but she, but she made manderly what it was so exactly. that's bringing value yeah the mousey Mrs. De Winter came with her ass bear just yeah. here look at me have nothing. I know nothing. Mrs. Nevers, <laughs> please take care of everything. Oh, yeah. d- do it as Mrs. Wint- uh, Mrs. De Winter used to do it. Do that. I know nothing about sauces. I don't know. Look at here. My ass oh. is bare. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's just it's uh, such a wrong attitude. But uh, my but you theory... understand it from the part uh, of a young, innocent woman, especially in your early twenties. You do have this notion of love and blah blah blah. Fuck that shit. Doesn't feed the relationship. At that age, at that time, we don't know how much work it takes to to make a partnership like marriage work. Oh, it's a do. tremendous effort. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. So. so you think you think your love is going to just love? Exactly, just and love and water and hard bread. <laughs> the thing is that she did love him. That's the thing. She did. Uh, here, I think in this movie they do follow more your theory. They're all centered on Rebecca. Rebecca, you know, the presence of Rebecca, and that's what's weighing her down. Yeah. But I think if only. She took the reins of the house from day one. It would have been better for her. Which she could never have. Uh, from the book, I think she couldn't... Back to my theory. From the book, I think she could never have because of Maxim. Because he didn't give her legitimacy. That's what I think. Mm. For, that's what I got from the book. He was not even nice enough to her. He was treating her like a maid. So she was. She came feeling like a maid. Yeah, yeah. And he I kept agree treating her that, that way. Completely. Here, well. here, she could have felt legitimate because he was treating her as a, as a beloved wife in front of everyone. He wasn't dismissing her. He wasn't no. treating her like Jasper. <laughs> I mean, Jasper w- must be treated greatly. He was I think so... he would like to be a Jasper. Oh, man. In that house. I would love to have a Jasper. You know, both of us know what? that we'll never be in that house with a Jasper. Ain't gonna happen. We need to have that kind of library and fireplace and oh, uh, yeah, all of that. Oh, yeah, for Jasper. Yeah, it comes with it. <laughs> Manderley, especially the insides were actually... You felt the history. Gorgeous. You felt the weight of, of centuries of history. So they did say that it was gifted to the family uh, from uh, Henry VIII. And at the end, Maxim goes, uh, I couldn't divorce Rebecca. I couldn't do that to our name. I was thinking, oh, who gifted you, Manderly? And the title. (laughs) The wife killer. The wife killer. (laughs) The wife beheader. (laughs) And you couldn't divorce. Oh, you wanted to wife kill, too. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. Maybe he's going to go to have six ones, too. I'm I'm telling you. (laughs) The second Mrs. De Winter is... A dead woman. Lord. She's a dead woman walking. I'm going out of this cupboard. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> what did we talk about? Monte Carlo. They go back to... Uh, to Manders. To Ma- Manders. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah go back to it says so much about Rebecca that she calls this house like Manders. Mm. Yeah, but she could fool every. She was so very vulgar. I mean, enough to call Manderly Manders. Exactly. <laughs> and to have Fadal as a cousin. And to sleep with him. And oh, to sleep man. with that. I mean, with that mustache. Come on. You can't. It's her cousin. <laughs> and the cousin. I'm, I'm not even talking about the cousin thing. <laughs> Actually, when you think about a few of the traits of psychopaths, being extremely charming. Superficially charming. Superficially charming, really. Uh, enchanting people all over. It is consistent. It's, uh, it is consistent. Yeah, it's one of the traits. And that's what they say about her. She was an enchantress. Everybody loved her. And I don't... If someone, you meet someone that absolutely everybody does love, mm. there's something wrong going on. You can't agree with everybody. You can't please everybody. Yeah. So there's some fakeness going on here. I liked uh, the scene when uh, when uh, Beatrice comes first with her husband. And here in the movie, they made it with uh, uh, with the granny, too, yeah. for them, because it was two separate visits. The granny who had an absolutely magnificent hat, by the way. Oh, she was beautiful. I know, with all lacy and Oh, cute. and she was violent, too. <laughs> Oh, yeah, she had a strong grip on her, that granny. Oh, yeah. She's going to beat her up. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you're not... Who are you, child? I don't know you as this child. <laughs> I'm going to beat her up. <laughs> but I wondered at Beatrice, because Beatrice knows dirt. She has dirt on oh, Rebecca. Yeah. But she does say... Uh, no, I didn't remember that from the book. She does say to Mousy, Mrs. De Winter, oh, but you can compete something like... Uh, Everyone loved Rebecca, men, no. women, animals, yeah. we all loved her. Why didn't... No, she didn't say that exactly. Why Actually, she... I loved that scene exactly because she said, oh, well, you know, she was one of those bloody annoying people that everybody loved. Men, women, animals. Really? She yeah. said that? Oh, oh yeah, she said bloody annoying. Oh. Oh, yeah, there was a hint of something there. And then she couldn't go anymore because this is a new person she just met. And Granny was fighting with other people. Exactly. <laughs> she had to go. She, she took then four men to take her into the car. What did you think of um, the scene after Granny? The breakage of the Cupid, I think it was a Cupid. Uh, I, I don't think it was anyway. a Cupid here. It was a little... looked like a woman. Oh, okay. A figurine of a woman. That was very ugly for something expensive. Very ugly, yeah. I know. What's, what's up with that? I would have uh, broken it and said, Hey, Maxim, look what I did. <laughs> See that ugly crap? I don't like it. <laughs> Sweep that off now. That's how you take care of a new house. <laughs> That's how you establish dominance. <laughs> Just go in, start yeah. breaking shit that is 300 years old. <laughs> that does sound very peasant-like, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I go, oh, Maxim, that was your great-grandfather's? Look, look here. It's in a thousand pieces. Up your ass, Maxim. <laughs> you just want to hurt Maxim, don't you? <laughs> Date you have for him, and you have for all no. the men we talked about until now. You didn't like one of them, not one. I like the archer a bit, Newland a bit. Really? Is this why you pissed on him? Did I <laughs> during the episode? Well, I would have to. No, you didn't. You just I don't know called him a coward, a fucking a coward. dreamer, an idiot. Yeah, yeah, but I think you know in order of harshness, I was less harsh. You know, it's not my yeah. fault. But uh, this Maxim de Winter, he's handsome, so I kind of uh, he 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 went he went down easy. <laughs> oh man, this is going down easy with you. <laughs> what you didn't like this? Uh, just physically, he was so. Uh, very nice English looking. and proper in his mustard pants. <laughs> Did he take him back to Manderley? Did he take his mustard pants to Manderley? I don't think we saw them again. They were oh, special Monte Carlo Monte pants, Carlo maybe. Pants. So, of course, again, to make it more understandable, I don't know why they do this to modern audiences. They made them sleep together in Monte Carlo before getting married. 
Do we know if they really did sleep together? I don't know, but again, I don't think a limp dick like Mrs. Uh, like a man like Mrs. Like, like Max in the winter would have been in love with a woman that is not virginal and innocent and, and all the contrary of what Rebecca was. I don't think he would have accepted a woman. Everybody has a taste. Innocent little girls, that's, that's a taste. That is Please, kind of, please, stop saying criminal. little girls. Let's not, let's not say that. No, Just... she's not a very good girl. She's not a minor. In God. <laughs> yeah, she does behave like one, but... Oh, Lord in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, uh, the character, as written in the book, likes to dominate. And I think he was dominated by Rebecca. If it was only that, I would have had a different, very different opinion of him. But what we know about Rebecca means God only knows what she did after that. This is her. She's a crazy psycho. So, really, I don't think it was just a question of uh, a dominant partner. But he did say partner. that he liked... And he does say to his second wife that I hope you never age, something like that, something weird like that. No, he did say something like, I hope you never wear satin, and he just doesn't want her to become jaded socialite. He doesn't want her to, beco to become a Rebecca, a vicious... He does insist on age, though. Oh my God. He did say, uh, she, she did say, would you like me some, at some point, would you like me to look older, or something like that. Oh. She's innocent. She was always looking to, for ways to please him. Yeah. She was always so insecure that she was looking, what's wrong with me, what's wrong with me? So she went to him and asked, you know, would you like me to look older? And he said something, so, God, no. No, if you could get younger, even. <laughs> he didn't you say know, that. You know, I don't think so. <laughs> I have no souvenir of that. I think I would have remembered something like that. Oh my god. I'm almost sure we're gonna uh, enjoy the next two better. Of course, there's your beloved eyeliner there. Oh, Sir Lawrence Olivier next time. <laughs> no, the thing is, I hated Maxim so much, but the, I think the Maxim the Winter that he portrayed is more conformed to the book. He is, you know, snobbish, he's distant. This one, when he held her, when they came to, back to Mendeley for the first time, yeah, and he did that thing oh, where he held Lord. her, and then, and then he threw her like a sack of potatoes over his shoulder, in front of the of the servants, <laughs> in front call, of everyone. Yeah, in, call, in front of these people, as you said. Yeah, what do you call them? These people. <laughs> uh, yeah, with her ass up in the air. Oh man! Yeah. I mean, even if you came from a position of strength. Like, you come there, you're the new wife, you're assured you're of the same class, you know what you're doing, and then yeah. someone give, gets you up like a sack of potato yeah. into the house. It's, it's done. It's done, it's w over. What are you going to salvage after that? Nothing to salvage. Exactly. Your ass was in, it, in the air. <laughs> and he was just... Yeah, I don't know. It's so ridiculous. The, yeah, it was the teenage thing. Yeah, they tried to make him over-affectionate. Mm -hmm. uh, Mrs. Danvers... She was too beautiful. Yeah, and uh, in the book she's described as wearing dresses, old-fashioned dresses from 30 years ago. That's how Daphne du Maurier writes it. Yeah. And here she is up to the latest fashion. Exactly. She's always, you know, just sparkling, then, yeah. looking good looking. Uh, exactly. Yeah, elegant oh. and made up. Do I feel so much envy in your voice? Yeah. I can feel it coming up in waves. She is a beautiful woman. She is a beautiful woman. The sharp dress thing. I didn't like it that much because they described her as an ominous presence. Mm. She, looking like death. There's so much correlation between her appearance and the skeleton and the paleness of death and the ha cold hands. Yeah. And in here, I mean, come oh, on. Oh, you'll see it Ooh. next week. You'll see oh, it next really? week. I'm oh, gonna see yeah. that. Oh, Have yeah. fun. That Mrs. Danvers is one for the ages. 
uh, not that this one is uh, is bad. It's just she's not I she's not frightening enough at all. She's severe looking. Not even enough. She was so pretty. And the and I don't think she was demeaning enough to uh, because all along in the book, the only question that I had. Why the fuck don't you kick her to the curb now, right now, exactly. after that remark? That, and the why in God's green earth would you trust anything she says after she goes along with her idea of the costume for the ball? Here they changed it. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. It was smart, I the think. The only good thing that they did. The only good thing that they did. Let's cling to that. <laughs> yeah, so they made it as Mrs. Danvers suggested to one, uh, to the, to uh, Mousy Mrs. De Winter's maid for her to go back because... She, Mostly Mrs. De Winter trusts that maid, Clarice. Yeah. So she would tell her, why don't you dress up like uh, Maxim's aunt, aunt, the portrait. And she would. In the book, it's Mrs. Danvers that does it. And yeah, I think it's not impossible. You know, she would trust her because she she wants to please. She does, yeah. Mm. Here they did the weird thing in the relationship with the, between Mrs. Danvers and Mrs. De Winter. It was that moment after she tried to dismiss her. She went to her room to dismiss her. Yeah. And then Mrs. Danvers sort of opened up. Yeah. And they kind of became friends for yeah. a moment. Hated and I didn't it. understand. It came out of nowhere. Went out of nowhere. Mm. It didn't mean any sense. Like, it didn't add anything to the story. It was I stupid. I don't understand. Exactly. It and was stupid. And the thing is, it completely destroys the dynamic of Mousy Mrs. De Winter. Because the thing is, she would never have dared to sack Mrs. De Winter. And not even talking to Maxim. Mousy Mrs. De Winter wouldn't even dare go to Maxim with any complaint. Yeah. She, she wouldn't even say everything. that they were mistreating her that way. Now, not even consulting him. She barges in her room and yeah. say, you know, uh, I'm giving you your notice. And the decision is all mine. And the decision is all mine. Where did that come from? Exactly. What? Oh, such self-assurance. This is the thing with this uh, with this Mrs. De Winter. I, I don't understand. They have they put some bouts of aggressiveness and confidence. Yeah. Suddenly, and then yeah. bam, they disappear and they come, and then she grovels on the floor. Okay, sure, wh- whatever. Chaos. What is, yeah, chaos, exactly. Not a consistent character. It's not even a character arc. We see the evolution. We see just chaos, as you said. In the book, it's clear. Once yeah. she has something on him, now yeah. she can stand up tall. Simple puts and easy. The, uh, puts people on the same the, level, ground. The morning after... She takes the reins of the house. Yeah. The morning after. But again, let's not go in there. Let's not go in there. So, uh, what else? What uh... What do you think of the ball scene? Oh, yeah. It was horrible. I think the acting was bad. It was one. just so bad. Yeah, that scene where they all sort of turned around and started screaming, Rebecca, Rebecca. So stupid. The thing yeah. is, because she behaves so strangely... That it was kind of a nightmare. She was imagining that they were doing yeah, that. But at the beginning, when she was kind of uh, doing faces, you know, in the middle of the... I thought, I thought she was really doing it, because she would. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen her do weird shit. Yeah, she have she has weird reaction with the delayed embarrassment. Yeah. Like some scenes, I would die on the spot. No, she Anybody would die on the spot. No, she doesn't, but then she reacts half an hour after and she <laughs> crumbles on the floor. Yeah. She does like crumbling on the floor a lot. <laughs> Yeah, here, if you don't know what delayed embarrassment is, go watch this movie. You'll know. Yeah. She tries to tip the the maitre d' in Monte Carlo, and she gets out her uh, nickels, (laughs) and they drop on the floor. Well, Mr. De Winter is right behind her, and hears everything. And she doesn't look embarrassed one bit. No, she just goes up and then looks embarrassed the night after a few hours passed. No, that I get. I get if you would look embarrassed on the spot... And then you give a lash into yourself when you're alone. 
I know, I, mean, I do that. No, it's actually, it's not lashing as much as you try very hard to forget something. But the harder you try to yeah. forget, the more it comes back. Oh, and you want to slap yourself. In vivid detail. Oh, man. Enough to do like, ha ah, <laughs> alone. <laughs> no, that I like because she yeah. did it, um, you know, she was speaking to herself like stupid, stupid, you know, something like yeah. that, you would. Oh, absolutely. But not after looking completely comfortable on the spot. Yeah, like uh, Doug. <laughs> there were many things that didn't, were just not coherent. The thing yeah. with the oysters, as if she's in Monte Carlo, uh, she hears women ordering in French des huîtres, and she goes and just orders the same thing, yeah. as if she didn't know what it was. And it was breakfast, so they bring her oysters. For and it is strange. <laughs> oysters at breakfast. they tried to do the sort of... Um, the, that sort of... Oh, man. Not like other girls' character. Quirky. Again. And interesting. Just me. Everybody... They go with tropes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so it was like that because, oh, it's so charming and quirky. It's not no, quirky. It's, it's not. It's just embarrassing. Stop it. And I th- that, didn't she speak French in the book? She knew French. I mean, I don't know if she spoke, but she Enough understood to... uh, Je reviens on the, bo- on the yeah. boat of yeah. Rebecca's. She understood the meaning. And oysters, she doesn't know. And she travels. She's with uh, Mrs. Van Hopper uh, in a French-speaking country. She knows. Uh, yeah. She knows everything on the... I mean, I'm sure it's just stupid. No reason to put that in. No reason to make her uneducated. It's not because she wasn't. Uh, in the book, she knows everything about uh, the English countryside for some reason. She knew everything about great houses. Yeah. It's not like she would have been an ignorant... Oh, oh, the, wh- oh she asked Mrs. Danvers, where do the where do every, does everyone sleep? What yeah. kind of question is that? Where do they sleep? In bedrooms. <laughs> No, maybe in the stables where she come from. God knows. I did love that scene though. Because, what when she uh, told her, oh, I th- but I thought you were a lady's maid. Yeah, <laughs> I knew I loved it. And the and the walk down that hallway because the hallway was gorgeous for some reason. I like the, the uh, sort of yeah checkered yeah. floor, black yeah. and white, and the wood paneling everywhere. Yeah. It was a gorgeous place. After so that's confirmed to the book. After the ball, there is the discovery in the morning of the. Uh, there's the discovery of Rebecca's boat. Yeah, I don't think they did it here uh, as another boat having sunk, and no. then accidentally. It's no, better. no. I I guess it would have been too complicated. Like yeah. now, it's just Rebecca's boat yeah. that they bring, uh, and they find another body, and they bring it out right. Uh, uh, yeah, that moment before all the people. A skeleton looked like a skeleton. This is um, a remark that is val- valid for the whole thing, for the whole movie. And I remember we said the same thing for Pride and Prejudice 2005. They put a modern spin into it, so it's modern reactions. Although this is just the 1930. I was alive then. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not yeah. that old. People's reactions, you know, the being openly aggressive, being openly expressive in any way, mm-hmm. like, you know, being openly happy, openly affectionate, openly whatever. It's very new. It's very new, and certainly not English aristocracy. I mean, certainly not. Absolutely not. Yeah, not him, him being all lovey-dovey with her. Uh, her going to the boathouse and wrecking the place. It came out of nowhere, and then again, it went nowhere. Yeah, yeah. She just did it, and then that's it. No reason. Yeah. For, just for drama. Yeah. Pure drama. It's like we're watching telenovela or something. <laughs> and then someone went into a coma and lost their memories. And slept with the twin that had a the brain... The evil one. <laughs> evil twin that had a brain operation. Of course. No, really, it was so stupid. This is the problem with modern people, let's say, adapting classical novels. 
and really not respecting the thing or not even trying to see the perspective of the author. What was the time? Why did they write it? How? It's not something you just pluck out of its time and atmosphere. Context, thank you. Exactly. And just throw it somewhere else and expect it to be just as good. It doesn't work like that. And again, I don't understand the contempt that they have for the audiences. Why do they think we wouldn't we wouldn't understand? Why would they think... I mean, yeah. uh, when you watch uh, something like um, The Remains of the Day, which... Uh, oh, you know what? That's a book also. I gave it to someone and she didn't give it back. That bitch. Yeah, that bitch. So we could do it, if I can. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and it's a beautiful movie. Yeah. Um, Gosford Park, again, it's... You see the workings, the inner workings of the of an English country house yeah. and country estate, and you see the the rival the rivalries between the servants and between uh, the people, you know, the masters. So it's all strange, but it's never openly. Nobody's fighting, exactly. Shouting, this nobody's confrontational thing is very very modern, very new. Yeah, uh, exactly like you said, two thousand five. Mm. The shoutiness. The aggressiveness, the out-there phrases that just weren't said. People were much more subdued. Yeah, it doesn't work. So, yeah, here we disliked it as much. Uh, yeah. yeah, so then uh, they discovered uh, there's the whole thing. He identified the wrong body. So now there's an inquiry. But it was very different here. Yeah. They changed a lot of stuff. They made it as if Mr. De Winter didn't, weren't, uh, was not given... Um, treatment of uh, a privileged person. Yeah, of course he was. Of course he was. The way it was in the book. Yeah. He was so privileged. That kind of... Of course. He's an estate owner. Friend with everybody, with the magistrate. With the magistrate himself. Exactly. Who comes to his house when he calls. Mm. Of course it's not... This is just unrealistic because it's something that happens now, have always happened, will always happen. If you're in a position of power, you will be treated differently. This is sad, a sad fact, but not everybody's equal. Yeah, here... And in here, he was treated like a common criminal. Oh, Mr. The Winter was treated like a ruffian. Yeah, put in a prison cell, of course. They were were almost roughing him up, like, (laughs) almost giving him a beating. With the detective, like, coming up in his face and telling him, nobody's uh, above the law. No, no, some people are. He's gonna (laughs) take off your job, you idiot. (laughs) Yeah, some people are. Uh, so it was kind of this weird inquiry where there is uh, this uh, Jack Favell that uh, wanted money. But in the book, Maxim de Winter did not show weakness at that moment. Yeah. He said, oh, all right, so we want money. And he called the magistrate right away. To tell him that, uh, which is the smart thing to do. Of course, he was trying extortion. But here, did it, did it seem to you like it was a bit of a plan between Mrs. Danvers? Yeah. Was it like that? I think it was. Yeah. Between Mrs. Danvers and Jack Havel to kind of make um, Maxim But he did write him guilty. a check. He did write him a check. He was totally guilty. But at the insistence of... Uh, of Mousy Mrs. Yeah, de Winter. of Mousy Mrs. De Winter. That's a really long mouthful. Mm. We've been saying it for like oh, <laughs> yeah. two episodes. Mousy Mrs. De Winter. Kind of flows now. <laughs> <laughs> kind of flows now. Because really, you know, oh, she didn't give her a name. What am I going to do? Give her a name? She doesn't exactly. deserve one. <laughs> well, we kind of did. <laughs> yeah, so um, here I think they try to give her more agency. Yes, they made her into a detective and then to a doctor. She knew a lot about yeah, the law. Maybe a lawyer too. <laughs> she knew, she knew about the law. Oh, yeah. She knew about Suddenly. forensics. Exactly. 
overnight you knew that after exactly I'll have after how much time a body wouldn't yeah. keep the wounds mm, there is and, no physical oh. proof they wouldn't be and then she goes to the doctor oh she had all the symptoms oh really yeah I know really. the symptoms yeah from whatever the fuck yeah now you are opinionated you didn't know nothing about nothing just two days ago <laughs> they did that thing at the at the start of the book like oh where do you know these things when she was talking about uh, she reads yeah. yeah she reads oh she reads book how special how quirky she knows things and yeah you, fuck off start fucking off like really quick i hate this kind of archetype they did it with lizzie they did it with lizzie yeah oh she reads well as if it were special yeah motherfucker well you're not into a literate country you'd think no, nobody takes a book no this the is thing is you know modern it's the now. modern view of uh, how women were then oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. They, you they know were who were forbidden not forbidden they were worked to death, they didn't have time to pick up a book, and they were illiterate peasants and working yeah, women yeah. and men. As as right now, I mean, yeah, as right now, as you always. know, we're just exhausted. Mm. But privileged people, women and men, yeah, they wrote like, and oh, they read, and the daughter of Mister Bennett wouldn't read. Of course, she would. Yeah, she she reads and she draws, and that's all she does. Yeah, this is a simplistic modern view of oh, oppressed woman, boo hoo. Here, so there is this uh, whole inquiry, and of course they give her the agency of her, like she was leading her own. Uh, she yeah. was being the the detective. the detective and sneaking into <sighs> into I buildings. Hated that. Yeah, cheap action movie. Yeah, exactly. Why? Ex- why would they do that? You do, You wouldn't. It was perfect in the book. It was great. It was simple. I think it's just not that kind of movie. They don't no. again. And you have the contempt for the audience because in the book yeah, yeah, yeah. it all happens. In the library at Manderley. They don't get out to the library. That's they call true. the magistrate with Favel there because he tried to export, extort money. Yeah. The magistrate comes half an hour later. Frank is present. Mr. and Mrs. De Winter. And everything ha- And a lot happens there because after, after a while they call Mrs. Danvers. And Mrs. Danvers does her scene and she cries <laughs> in front of everyone. And, she not, and then she helps out with the doctor. They find yeah, him. They, they go to him. him. There's a whole thing. Here she... Goes running because she knows exactly where her bills to save are. Her man. Like Maxim, saving. deserves saving. Please stop. That deep shit. I don't have the energy for you right now. <laughs> uh, what else? Or should we? Uh... The ending was kind of less subtle again, as you said. Just plain happy, oh, ending. happy ending. Here they are in love. Yeah, because sure. it it starts because they do start the movie with. Uh, Last night I dreamt of Mandalay again, yeah. and they and they go back to it at the end. But then they they have add, to yeah. add, they have to desecrate Daphne Daphne's work. Like, yeah, Daphne's my friend. <laughs> like I know Daffy. her. Daphne's work. Um, yeah, and they add. Oh, and now we are in Cairo, looking for our next home. And then, I, you know, I that's why I I don't agree with this. The fact that she looks grown up. Now, you know, she has her hair done yeah. and not... And in, she's smoking a cigarette. And she's smoking too. and she's not in a, such a... She's looking sexy, not childish. Yeah. Not dowdy. Not dowdy, yeah. <laughs> um, and he still loves her. He wouldn't. Maxie, oh, my Lord. If she grows up what a is year... He? He's not a pedophile. <laughs> for the love of everything. It's not that. He's not a pedophile. He just... Uh, he, he just wants someone who's not vicious yeah. and dirty. Are no. you vicious and dirty despite your old old age? No, he likes exactly. He that's... dreams of a virginal woman. Oh please, Lord, give me strength. 
I don't know exactly who I'm praying to, but I'm praying right now. Okay, <laughs> so should we be done with it? Oh, there is something that I forgot to say um, last week in the book, and uh, and uh, I was reminded of it with the scene with Beatrice when she comes oh. to see the second Mrs. De Winter, and she tells her, oh, don't you write? And she said that she doesn't know how, yeah. and she tells her, uh, oh, come over and come to my house, and I'll teach you, like, they have horses and all. Yeah. But in the book, she doesn't say that, and I forgot to say oh. because it's... So amusing. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Did she say something like uh, Giles will ride you or something like that? <laughs> oh, come over. Uh, Giles will mount you. <laughs> will mount you. Giles is so serviceable. Exactly. Always ready to be there. Loves to please. The sad. Uh, all right. So uh, that was the movie. So he gets away with murder, and it's a horrid movie. Just uh, if you need to get enraged, watch it. You know, this is something I don't understand. That you have amazing literature that has never been touched, adapted to cinema. Mm. And then you have things people cling to and repeat and rinse. You know, it's risky to touch something that is unknown. So something that is already kind oh. of mainstream. You already have an audience of people that know the other adaptations. Well, how about you do adaptations with the same author? Like, definitely Marie has other amazing books. Right. Yeah. Next week will be fine. Oh, yeah. It will be fine. I mean, oh, no, no, no. I'm not sure because the series, I'm not sure. Well, anyway. I don't care. It, we have a fine man in it. Right. It's going to be fine. It will be. Yeah. So come over next week and uh, Giles will mind you. <laughs>